Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello, it is good to be back. Marissa, I'm going to start off with your three favorite words. You were right. What? Just about another double episode. I thought we were done, but here we are back with another double episode. I know. And you know, we've been putting out a lot of content. We've been playing catch up. You have been just editing, editing, editing. We released three episodes back to back to back, only for there to now be a hiatus from the show that we didn't know about. A well-earned break, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? We're, we're, we're taking a break and when are we coming back? We are coming back. So this week was the mid-season finale, the two-part mid-season finale, and How I Met Your Father will be back on May 23rd. Wow. Um, so you're saying no... How I Met Your Father for like seven weeks. Yeah, we have almost two months off. Wow, happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just as things are starting to heat up. Are No, they're not. <laughs> things have never been colder than where we left off <laughs> in this mid-season finale. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. What is with TV... It's a trend. It happens over and over again. Or maybe it's just the TV I watch. I don't know if this is like an overarching trend. But what is with the like maybe incest plot line? And then it's always wait, like. Can you list some examples of, of maybe incest? Like, <laughs> what, why are you saying this? Like it's very prevalent. I mean, like Veronica Mars, that was a whole thing. I mean, people will debate life with Derek. I'm firmly on like the not incest camp because they're step siblings and nothing happens anyways. But I just feel like anytime there's like an almost incest, the, the writers will do this thing and that, but it's always like, never mind. It's never incest. And I'm not saying it should be. I'm just like, why are you taking Yeah, what's your us? argument here? I just don't know why we're being taken on that journey. Of it, it might be incest. Yeah, like why does that even have to like come into the into play as a possibility? Well, because clearly almost having sex with your father is the push that one needs to be like, I should find my father. <laughs> right, but it was like the moment it was confirmed <laughs> that like Sophie and Robert were doing it. And that is the phrasing that is used on the show, doing it. Yeah. That's the moment I knew. I was like, he's not her father. Hulu would never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Hulu advocating. Does some, for- Hulu does some crazy things. You've you've fallen off the Handmaid's <laughs> Tale, but some crazy things happen. <laughs> and to be clear, I'm not advocating for incest. I'm more advocating <laughs> for like, like just don't, don't don't even like sprinkle it in as a possibility. Or if you are going to sprinkle it in, don't do it after they've had sex. That's just <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> Do the Arrested Development thing and be like, oh, an unrequited cousin love. <laughs> See, that's the other one. I knew I was, there was one I was Yeah, but it's different. About. It's different because. I mean, it's very self-aware. It's very, it's very self-aware. It's very one-sided. Nothing happens. You know, there's so much like double entendre that also like is very tongue in cheek about it. Like this is like, <laughs> we were doing it looking over Central Park. Five minutes later, I think I just had, <laughs> I think I'm dating my dad. <laughs> and that, that is, that is the journey of this two-part mid-season finale. Sophie maybe had sex with her dad. She didn't, but now she wants to find her dad because what if that will fix everything? Oh, I, <laughs> that's what she says, but what she means is so that we don't have this experience happen again. <laughs> This way, I know who my dad is, and then all other old men are back on the table. 
I think it's funny too how they took it. We're we're really just jumping jumping the gun here, but they took it as far as they could in the sense that like Sophie's mom hooked up with John Corbett. He was on a celibacy kick apparently, so they did everything but. Yeah. I mean They explored each other's bodies with their hands and mouths. In fairness, like but no father. Appropriate reaction by Sophie here to that news, like I love The Graduate. The Graduate is one of my favorite movies. But my problem with The Graduate is always like, Elaine, stop it. He's banging on the window. He did it with your mom. No. Everything else about The Graduate, I enjoy. I think it's a very (laughs) fun movie. Obviously, she's trying to seduce you. Yeah, great theme song, Simon and Garfunkel. But, you know, Elaine, come on now. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) And Sophie acknowledges that. Yeah, and Sophie acknowledges it and is like we're through yeah i don't even want to talk about ever like this was the main this was why we watched this was the story i mean other stuff happened around it but this was the story and we will talk about everything else because that's why we're here Mm -hmm. but that is the news of the week okay so let's start back at the beginning with season two episode 10 i'm his swish In this episode, Sophie dates an older man, which encourages Jesse, Sid, and Charlie to take better care of themselves. Sophie and Val battle over who gets the apartment for date night. I don't agree with that copy. Jesse didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, no, he, well, I guess in the sense that... Was this the one where he, episode where he was trying to get laid? Correct. Um, yeah. With the help of, of Ellen and Rachel. I mean, I guess in that sense, he is trying to take better care of himself. <laughs> He's trying to put himself back out there. Uh, Sid and Charlie just have a, a very different approach. And it's a choice. It's always a choice <laughs> with them, with mm-hmm. Charlie specifically. Starting at the top of the episode, we get Kim Cattrall speaking to us as she so often does, though less often this season. Maybe in half of the episodes this season. Yeah, it's very strange. Sporadic. It's not consistent. She says, when you're young, it's easy to think that older people have all the answers. But then you date one and you realize we're all just flying blind. And this leads into the fact that she's been dating Robert, a.k.a. John Corbett, for a couple weeks. Things seem to be going well. Sophie is in like. Marissa, I think that... uh I feel like you also enjoyed having a swish, not necessarily in a romantic sense, but sometimes I listen to you and you talk about your days as like a, a student dance teacher. And I'm like, Marissa, you you enjoyed being the swish or no, I'm not I guess you swish. enjoyed having a swish. <laughs> when was the last time I talked about my dance days? It was definitely within the past few weeks. No, it wasn't. It was. It was for sure. Okay, I think you also like having a switch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no need to make this a competition uh, or point out, you know, no need to to become so accusatory. I was just pointing out an association (laughs) that I made. I was going to say something that you would probably edit out of this podcast. So I I am the editor. (laughs) I will refrain. But who doesn't? Who doesn't like having a swish? I mean, by their definition, a swish is someone who just thinks everything you do is awesome. (laughs) But it's not just that everything you do is awesome. It's like the seniority aspect of it. Correct. It's being older than somebody, being older and wiser as you once started a podcast and then flamed out. And And so... It's about it's about that dynamic. I would argue that as older siblings, we're just inherently programmed to be this way. Maybe. What's a swish? I don't know. I can tell you really want to say something about my comment that I just made and you're refraining so hard. I really am. But you can't you you have no argument because you really did just not continue after one season. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out hot today. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Talk about cowgirl cleanup. Why? They don't even talk about cowgirl cleanup. There's nothing to talk about with that. Just the idea that these two 30-year-old women are hoping to trademark like what how how do they think it's shark tankable? It's it's words. 
Well, maybe that's their, maybe it's not necessarily like the idea. It's like maybe they're a company of cowgirls who go around. It's like cowgirl maids. But all it was was them kind of giddy upping around their apartment with a broomstick to motivate them to clean. Well, every idea goes through a bunch of different stages. Maybe like, you know, it's, it becomes some sort of like clean and, and striptease as a cowboy, uh, uh, as a cowgirl cleanup. You're right. We don't need to talk about cowgirls. You open this can of worms. I'm just trying to imagine what it could have been. I don't know. Let's talk about Sophie. Okay. Robert's been planning all of these amazing dates for her. Debatable. It just seems like they eat food together. (laughs) (laughs) But we get cuts of her just being very enamored by any basic thing that Robert does for her, including a moment where he puts a raspberry in a glass of champagne, and it fizzles. Mm. That's amazing. I've never done that, in fairness. I don't know why I would. I don't know why anyone would. I rarely drink champagne. I rarely have anything to celebrate. My life is sad. (laughs) (laughs) Sophie's friends are all kind of making jabs at the age gap. They're having a lot of fun poking at that Mm -hmm. because they haven't met Robert yet. Yeah, I did feel like the jabs were a little bit lazy. They were pretty mid yeah, like a life alert, you know, that's a very 2005. <laughs> yeah, everybody just wears an Apple Watch now. That's the, the <laughs> Apple Watch is the new life alert. We all have life alerts. That, yeah, that's true. And like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like Grandpa Nightgowns. <laughs> <laughs> that one, you know what? It's never too late to bring up the Charlie and the... And the chocolate factory grandparents i think i just did that like a couple podcasts ago (laughs) oh no i think it was the last podcast where they wanted to all sleep in the same bed together (laughs) so it's never too late to to bring up charlie bucket's grandparents val says that she has also widened the age range on her apps and she's seeing someone too and we will soon learn what that means Mm -hmm. robert comes to the bar and he meets all of sophie's friends who are all very surprised by how beautiful he is. He's a zaddy. Is he? How old is he in real life? He's 61. He's 61? Yes, I looked that up. <laughs> of course you did. Um, okay, so he was firmly born in mm, the 60s. Yeah. Almost the 50s. Jeez, lay off. <laughs> He's born in 61. So am I? I was not wrong. <laughs> Though this show was very generous with that because they tell us he's the class of 88, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't that mean he'd be born in the 70s? I think they meant college. Even still. I mean, even if, even still, he'd be born in what, like 65, 66? So they'd cut like, what, five years off? Yeah, I'm just saying. Who knows? He could have taken a gap year or four. This leads Charlie and... Sid into spiraling about their own aging process. Yeah, well, it's because there's another guy at the bar who is also in that class, but he's like geriatric. Yeah, he can't hear shit. And (laughs) Sid and Charlie are like, we want to end up like the zaddy. What do we do? Mm -hmm. Jesse is kind of wallowy post-meeting Robert. He thought that he'd be a novelty like Sophie's top hat phase. But alas, he is a very attractive older man. I feel like they're they're really propping up John Corbett to, you know, I don't know, some sort of like ageless, like Paul Rudd-like wonder. But like, he looks like an older, like, he's an old man. But a beautiful one. <laughs> is he though? I will say that there is a qual- there is a quality, there's something about him that is attractive, objectively. What is that quality? I can't explain it. I think there's a certain charisma to him. I don't know. I thought I've, I think he's adorable. But adorable is not like attractive. Sam. Like what, what makes him like attractive in like a timeless sense? What makes him timelessly attractive? (laughs) Like Paul Rudd. Yeah. Paul Rudd, timelessly attractive. (laughs) Absolutely. And Paul Rudd is actually charming. I don't know, any of his Bantry movies, I Love You Man, This Is 40. I mean, This Is 40, he still looks like he was a young man. Now he is starting to age a little bit, I will say. And maybe in 10 years, he will be like John Corbin. <laughs> How do you think this show tackled the topic of aging? 
poorly. <laughs> How so? I mean, first the <laughs> first the lazy jokes. Secondly, I guess the depiction of two very clearly different aged men being the same age. I, I, I mean, I guess it's a little bit like, haha, like poking fun at the whole forever young process. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess the the fact that they actually that Sid and Charlie actually need to go through with the whole thing and they never have the epiphany that they don't need to is uh, a little bit concerning, especially because I thought they had no money. Yeah, that shit's expensive. Yeah. They went through a lot in the name of beauty. And for what? Yeah, exactly. And this is a man who literally just learned how to shave his face. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't think that this subplot was executed in a tongue-in-cheek manner? I mean, I liked parts of it. I liked the age simulator. I thought it was funny. And I liked the joke that, like, you know, because you you know as well as I do that when you're Asian. <laughs> do I? Is, I don't think I know. <laughs> you've never seen, like, the, you know, the the comic strip of, like. Yes, this I is have. Like I, a, know, I know what you're talking about. This is, like, a, a, a white woman aging. And this is, like, an Asian woman aging. And it's, like, she looks the same until, until she's, she's, like, like 80. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, like, all at once. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not, like, a new joke, per se. So no. I appreciated them kind of, like, applying that to to Sid, but... But it was undercut by the fact that she just forgot to press play. Like, I thought it would have been funnier if... I agree. I thought it would have been funnier if that was legitimately, like, how he was going to age. Yeah. Uh, And then Charlie was like, what? (laughs) Um, Because that would have created an interesting dynamic, I think, between the two of them. Because then, one of them really is the zaddy, and one of them is not. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, so they spend their day at the med spa, as it is dubbed in this show, willing to do anything to look young forever. My thing with this too is I don't think that they, I don't think that the takeaway at the end was really much of anything at all. It was like, oh, we did a lot of unnecessary work, but like, I don't think they really even saw it as unnecessary. They just had almost like the battle wounds of the day. Pretty much, there was there were, like there was yeah, no reflection. No, there was no reflection. Um, and this was a short episode too. It was only twenty minutes. It wasn't like they were strapped for time here. Granted, it's also on Hulu, so they're never strapped for time. No. Um, but I was uh, a little bit wanting more from this. I also thought big missed opportunity. The woman sends them into this like cryotherapy room at the beginning and tells them to sing a song. Big missed opportunity to not sing Forever Young. Always sing Forever Young when you have an opportunity. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't get clearance for that. Only J Street and Flubber <laughs> the Musical songs. Honestly, I would have taken a Flubber the Musical song about <laughs> n- never aging. <laughs> Be like, put the flubber on your face, age at your own pace. Oh my God. <laughs> Please stop trying to improv songs. This is a new thing that Sam does. <laughs> He just like improv musicals all the time. It's so fun when I'm trying to edit my novel. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you, and you know this as well as a writer, sometimes you just need to say words out loud. And, and then one of these times it's going to magically like sequence into it's gonna hit. genius. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they do a lot in this day at this, at the spa. They do the cryotherapy chamber. They are then disappointed that they don't immediately see results and they get really hustled by the woman who works there. Have you ever done cryotherapy? No. (laughs) (laughs) I did appreciate the line of, so she's like, no, like in order to see results, you're going to have to do this two or three times a week. And they're like, what? But we want something we only have to do once or twice a year. Yeah. And I just felt like that felt very like true to the American <laughs> mentality on everything. True. I am surprised that they would have jumped straight to cryotherapy. I don't know. They skipped right over like masks, like face massages. They those, could have just had a cute spa day. Those weird rocks you put on your face. Yeah, they got really <laughs> invasive really Cucumbers. Quickly. 
Yeah, they they do the age simulator that we've already talked about. And ultimately, there is no conclusion except that Sid is allergic to Botox. Sid's allergic to everything. And Charlie's face is red because of getting acupuncture and a chemical peel and just doing as much to his face as he possibly could. And that's 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 that story. Mm-hmm. That storyline really gave not a lot. What do you want to talk about now? Do you want to talk about Jesse? Do you want to talk about Sophie and Val? I would like to talk about Jesse. Jesse's a sad boy. Yeah. As much as Sophie is doing it is as much as Jesse is not. And Ellen, like the great sister that she is, is going to make him feel better. Yeah. They're going to have a sibling hang. Yeah. I feel like, uh, what what do they even do in their apartment, you know? Because they don't have a TV. Nonsense. <laughs> At least as far as I'm aware, I don't think that Sid and Jesse have a TV. Do you think they have a TV? I don't know. When you think about the layout of their apartment and what they're always doing there and the orientation of the kitchen to the living room, I don't think that they have a TV. I think when they're in their living room, they just sit and stare at a wall. <laughs> you don't think that where the, you know, because of it's a set, you don't think that the TV would just be. No, because the implication the... is that there's a window between like the kitchen and the living room. Does that matter? Yeah. Sometimes I think about sitcom layouts and if they make sense. Like, and this one doesn't? No, I don't think it may. Well, no, it makes sense. Like it makes sense. There's just no space for a TV. Okay. And that's blasphemous. We put TVs in as many rooms as possible in this household. Absolutely. Every wall should have a TV. (laughs) (laughs) So many screens. Yeah. You should always be flooded with information or or nonsense. All at once. (laughs) Everything. Preferably both at the same time. Yeah. If you're getting information and nonsense, you're doing your life correctly. Like the show Outlast. Information and nonsense. That's true. I am learning how to survive and make enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Wild. But yeah, I don't know what Jesse and Ellen are planning to do. They're going to order a pizza, I guess. And Ellen is really only doing this because she thinks Rachel is out of town. But then Rachel comes home early and Ellen wants to dip. Ellen's like, I want to spend some time with my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. But she feels... Bad for leaving Jesse, sad boy Jesse, all alone. So the logical conclusion is to invite Rachel over to hang out with them while Jesse is out getting the pizza and having sex in Jesse's bed. Ellen is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen is not correct here. This is a bad idea. So weird. And speaking of incest, you know, we have that whole interaction about seeing Ellen's boob. So... That's always fun. And maybe her bra in his bed. Oh, yeah. And Ellen's <laughs> Yeah, that too. And like their reaction to they're like, not at all. Jesse's like, why are you doing it in my bed? And Rachel's response is, at least someone's using it. Jesse uses it every night to sleep. <laughs> he lives <laughs> like, there. What are you talking about? And Jesse just kind of spirals out from there. Doesn't love that. People are talking about his sex life. I would also argue that we've seen Meredith more recently than we've seen Rachel. That's true. So That's true. <laughs> so pot, meat, kettle. Jesse's like, for all you know, I could have slept with dozens of women. I'm cool. I play guitar. I collect vintage t-shirts. I'm a cool guy. And Ellen's response <laughs> is... <laughs> what? Sorry, that just like... It sounded like a Portlandia sketch. <laughs> I, I collect vintage t-shirts. I'm a, I'm a cool guy. <laughs> and Ellen's response is, you're cool, but you're also a softie hung up on a hottie who's dating an oldie. So there's that. And Jesse, Jesse, this lit a fire under him. He's going to go out right now to find a woman to have sex with in a very respectful way where she mutually wants to have sex with him. But Ellen and Rachel have to accompany him on this quest. I get confused, I think. Like, uh, Jesse's on the apps, yet he feels the need to go down to the bar and, like, find someone in person. He's like... I know, like, just start swiping. You know what? I'm going to do this the hard way. (laughs) I'm going to strike up a conversation with a stranger in a crowded room 
Yeah, and I'm going to make my sister come too because nothing is creepier than a single white guy trying to pick up girls at a bar. Yeah, like, bro, you literally were just on an app with your (laughs) welcome protocol girlfriend. Well, maybe he's like, that was a flop, so I need to go back to basics. But it's like, there are presumably a lot of, it's New York. Yeah. There are people on the apps. There There are, yes. And maybe he should stick to the apps because he's really bad at, Talking to women. So awkward. They're, like it's, he, he tries to interact with this woman at the bar and it's such a beat awkward that I'm honestly shocked when it works and somehow he does bring her back to his apartment where she immediately finds a bra mm-hmm. in his bed. Yeah. That's probably Ellen's because she had sex earlier, but not with him. I don't just, he just digs, digs a hole for himself. Yeah, it's super awkward. It's super awkward. Um, we don't do that. But she's adopted. I don't know why. <laughs> all, he, all he needed to say was she's a lesbian. Like, he had such an out. <laughs> he just didn't take it. Instead, he said she's adopted, which just made it so much creepier. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's Jesse's storyline. Much like... Sid and Charlie, his mission was not accomplished. Now we must talk about the title character of this episode, the Swish Swish. The Swish Swish? (laughs) The Swish Swish. (laughs) Swish is tied into Sophie and Val's storyline in this episode. I always like the idea of Sophie and Val having like friendship tension better than the execution it always just feels like a lot of big feelings out of nowhere for me. The way that they react is just not it. And like, let's be clear, Val is really creepy in this situation. This is not a good look for Valentina. No. Are you saying it's almost as if a person is like mad at their imaginary friend? (laughs) Maybe. More evidence that Valentina is just the new Miranda. Mm, maybe what is happening that leads us to this friend fight is that Sophie is inviting Robert over for dinner because she has been spending a lot of time at his place he's been planning all the dates so she wants to be a cool grown-up and plan a date for him Val has some feelings about Sophie just wanting to like kick her out of her own apartment that she hasn't even been in because she spends so much time with Robert. Like Val is missing Sophie. I mean, yeah, because that, you know why? It's because when your host isn't around, you as an imaginary friend cease to exist. (laughs) (laughs) So as Val mentions at the beginning of the episode, she has been inspired by Sophie to widen the age range on her apps. So you would think that Val is going to find a Robert of her own. No. Val brings home an 18-year-old child. I think that's the right move. Like, for <laughs> Sophie, how, uh, realistically, how many good years does she have? 10? 15? Valentina now has someone to take care of her for her entire life <laughs> and more. Okay, but he's a teenager. <laughs> he's an adult. He's a legal adult. <laughs> NYU class of 26, you know what that means. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. What, that it's still 2022? Yeah. Like, how much time has passed at this point in this show? Well, actually, no, It's pro- it probably is 2023 now because they had Valentine. We know that they had Valentine's Day. Oh, that's true. In March. And so, yeah, I feel like we've probably... Okay, so maybe Swish is 19. At some point, transitioned into 2023. There was no Christmas episode... And I don't think we had a Thanksgiving episode. We skipped all the holidays until <laughs> until Valentine's Day. I thought we did have a Thanksgiving episode. We had a Thanksgiving. Maybe we did. I don't know. Season one was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, in walks Swish, who I would much rather be calling Love Victor because Swish is Michael Cimino, who plays Victor in Love Victor. Mm-hmm. These Love Victor kids are really getting around the Hulu. Getting around How I Met Your Father specifically. Yeah, except that... As, wait, like, the, as like the romantic interest of an older woman specifically. 
Wait, didn't the one girl make the jump to Paramount Plus? Wait, was it Paramount Plus? Who or was that also about? a who? Wait, the sister. With like Auli Carvalho. Yeah. That was also Hulu. Oh, that was Hulu as well. That was also okay, Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They are just making their way around the, the Hulu verse. They're staying booked and busy. Although they won't be on the Hulu forever since this is produced by Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I can't believe that not only is he here, but it seems like he's going to have a multi-episode arc. Seems he already is having a multi-episode <laughs> arc. What do you mean? You're so right. He is having a multi-episode arc. As Swish. I think he got more kind of like solo scenes than Kim Cattrall in these two episodes. In these two episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Like instead of cutting to Kim Cattrall, they're just going to start cutting to Swish. Be like, get my grandma's ring. That's literally what's (laughs) happening. Yeah. First we had Kim Cattrall. Someone make sure we hire Lil Toasty. Now we have Valentina's child boyfriend. He's He's not a child. Okay, but like it's a little creep. And it's so clear that Val is only doing this as a reaction to Sophie's relationship, right? Like, she's not actually interested in Swish. I mean, it seems like she does enjoy hanging out with him. Yeah, like jumping around and dancing to really loud music. Yeah. I don't see any, like, romantic chemistry between them. I mean... It's more of a sibling vibe to me, (laughs) as it should be. I mean, I would argue, like, do any of them have romantic energy with any of the other people? Val and Charlie were a moment. I guess, but, like, was it romantic or was it just very lusty? You know what? That's fair. There is a difference. Yeah. Between romantic chemistry and, like, sexual chemistry. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Val and Charlie had sexual chemistry. You're right. Does anybody have romantic chemistry? Do, do think... Sid and Hannah even have romantic chemistry? Mm, I don't, I, no. And that's a problem because they are married. So we end up on this, I guess, double date, you could say, with Sophie and Robert and Val and Swish. We learn that Swish is not only an NYU student, but a film kid who is doing his thesis on the Scream franchise. And Sophie and Val are just, I have in my notes, Sophie and Val are arguing over dot, 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 what exactly they're men. Like they're just like bickering back and forth as if Robert and Swish aren't even here. But Robert and Swish are bonding. Mm -hmm. They have a connection. They have more chemistry (laughs) than anybody else in this episode, quite frankly. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Robert does the sound of a dial-up modem and Swish starts beatboxing to it. And that was a moment. Yeah, not, not, not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Val and Swish are driving Robert away, right? Like he starts trying to like dip out and Sophie is like, why are you ruining this for me? And Val yells that she thinks she loves Swish, which she doesn't. She's just saying that, but Swish overhears and that really starts to tailspin this mm. whole situation. And we learned that Val's really just mad that Sophie made fun of her relationship and then tried to kick her out of their apartment. And Sophie's like, oh, yeah, that was shitty of me, but I was nervous. We never have grownups here who aren't our parents. And I was like, you need to stop referring to people as grownups. Like, we are grownups. And I relate to that. I know that's, they're like emotionally, I feel like they're at the same maturity level as Swish. That's why it's not weird. <laughs> Like relationships, I feel like fail because people are at either different stages in their life or they're just, well, you know, because there are different stages in their life. But I would argue that at this point, Swish has more of a sense of direction than either Sophie or Val. Have ever had. (laughs) (laughs) So, or from an emotional maturity standpoint, they're at a pretty similar place. It could work. Yeah, but then Val just reduces Swish to being an ego boost. And that's where we get the title of the episode, I'm His Swish, because Val tells Sophie. uh, But doesn't she do the same thing with Charlie? Charlie is also maturity level the same thing. (laughs) Charlie does not know how to shave his face. (laughs) Charlie is a man who has had most things done for him, and Val has to show him how to live as an adult human being in New York City. 
remember when he first moved to New York City and <laughs> he went to several bad apartments? <laughs> like, I would say this is not a new concept for Val. This is a pattern. This is definitely a pattern. But realizing that Swish represents a younger partner who thinks that any basic thing the older partner does is incredible, Sophie has the epiphany that, oh my God, she is Robert Swish. And maybe he's only seeing her because she makes him feel cool and good. But she has a plan to figure out if this is the case or not. It would be nice if we knew literally anything about Robert. He's a meticulous <laughs> shadow. What are you talking about? But like, why is he still single? Was he married before? You know, we know none of these things. Yeah, it's like, do we know more about Swish than we know about Robert? I think on like an absolute value level, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. We learn a little bit more in the next episode, but then it all goes off the rails. But is it stuff about... But it's is not it like, about him. It's like But material. is it stuff about Robert no. or is it just things that have happened to Robert in his life? Like we know that, for example, Swish is close with his mom. We know that they have some family heirlooms. We know that he studies film. Okay, looking through my notes, we probably do know more about Robert <laughs> than we know about Swish. But I think Robert's out of the show and Swish still has some runway yet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Basically, the way this episode ends, Sophie tries to make far out plans with Robert. He doesn't want to commit. But it's not because she's his swish. It's because he is old and he is tired and he just wants to go home and sleep in his Tempur-Pedic bed for nine hours. I don't know. This is so, this feels like something to worry about because <laughs> none of their dates have been particularly strenuous. <laughs> like, but it's what they not do? about Sophie. They went out to dinner. They put a raspberry in some champagne. It's not like they're going off like doing some like hiking Doing, you know, okay, okay, but water skiing but in the Hudson not, River or but, whatever. They're literally eating dinner. But it's not concerning in the sense that it's not about Sophie. And that's all that Sophie cares about. It's concerning that Robert does nothing and he's tired. <laughs> like <laughs> He's old. What that's do you a, want from him? <laughs> that's what the show is telling us. These are red flags. I think that Robert sees like a nurse probably more likely he's like oh here's someone to take care of me <laughs> doesn't care about a swish <laughs> he cares he cares about that live-in nurse <laughs> he invites her to his place upstate just the two of them for a romantic getaway and then the episode ends swish is a guy who knows what he wants and he knows when it's right he loves val he proposes to her and then for whatever reason, Val says yes. End of episode. I know. Uh, this does really make no sense because she thinks she's going to end up with Charlie. It's not a holiday or her birthday, so she's not going to get to keep the ring. I don't know, but I'm ready to talk about the next episode if you are. Yeah, I'm ready. I feel like this episode, uh, 210, was really just a lot of setup. I guess. But is, the, is Swish the MVP? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think we can say that wholeheartedly and move on to season two, episode 11, Daddy. In this episode, Sophie goes to Robert's country house for the weekend and the gang celebrates Lost and Found Box Day at Pemberton's. We've made it. We have circled all the way from the flash forward in the season two premiere and we're here. Mom, please call me back. I think I'm dating my dad. But she wasn't, as we've already, as we've already spoiled. Shocker. And also, thank God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this episode is, builds up to that moment. Sophie packing for her weekend away, spending that time with Robert learning more about him, starting to make these connections between Robert and her mother that become very concerning to her. In fairness, he does have a photo with her mother. Correct. That is a little bit like... That's us. That's a little close. For, it is a little close for comfort. That's us. But the fact also that like they remember 
their interactions so vividly after meeting, it seems like just one time <laughs> 30 years ago. I don't know. Like, I haven't been alive for 30 years, but I can't remember anything that I was doing, you know, in that general vicinity of the 90s. Ask me what happened. <laughs> you were also I, a baby. I was a baby. I can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the episode starts innocently enough. Robert asks if she wants to play a record. He pulls out Jane's Addiction. He tells Sophie that he saw them play at the very first Lollapalooza in 91. Oh no. Sophie's mom was also at Lollapalooza in 91. And not only was she there, but that's where Sophie was conceived. Robert's buddy Chip got them backstage. Oh no. Sophie's mom also went backstage at that concert. And she asks Robert if he has any photos from Lollapalooza. They're really sort of throwing the the daddy at us in this episode too. Like Robert's wearing an apron that says daddy because he's the daddy of the kitchen. Him and Sophie snort at the same time and they have the same snort. Robert finds some pictures from Lollapalooza. He shows Sophie the picture and his arm is around her mother. This is very concerning. And like you said, very random. Super random, yeah. Sophie is truly spiraling at this point. She takes a photo of the photo and just texts her mom, is this my dad with like 20 question marks? And then like jumps out a window. Yeah. (laughs) Or like climbs down the pergola. Rather, jumps out a window is very dramatic, but like basically. And then we get it again. Mom, please call me back. I think I'm dating my dad. And then proceeds to rear end Barney Stinson, a.k.a. Neil Patrick Harris. And we get the long awaited cameo from another main cast member from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I defer to you on this because as we've mentioned before, I've never seen How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) (laughs) And what is a running theme on this podcast, I have not seen the source material. And so... Based on my very limited interaction. (laughs) Yeah, what was your take on everything that Neil Patrick Harris did in this episode? I mean, first of all, it made very little sense to me because he was using technology that doesn't exist, like a voice voice recognition shock device on his ankle. Um, (laughs) That technology, as far as I'm aware, is not a real thing. So I'm very confused about what year it is. (laughs) And why he would have something like this. Besides that, it was just super over the top. I I don't know. I I didn't I didn't enjoy him as a character. That was his character, but it worked on How I Met Your Mother. Like he he he's funny on How I Met Your Mother. Is it funny in a way that like doesn't age very well? Yes, because that is his character, right? Like he, I'm saying right, like you know, but you don't know. My name is Barney Stinson and I'm a serial womanizer. I probably had sex with you and don't remember you. Like that is, was very much, that was very much Barney. That part is fine. That part was not what bothered me. I think it was like the, the shock bracelet. Then him being like, you know what? If you tell me a good story, you don't have to pay for this. <laughs> like what? <laughs> this woman literally broke your car. I know. And you think a story where... And you know, the ending of the story isn't even that you had sex with your father. That's not a good, like, <laughs> if if all of, if the, you know, if you're at least going to, like, let the story pay for it, it should at least pay off with the incest. The fact that it's nothing makes it no story. Were you triggered as someone who has just been through a rear ending? A rear ending? Yes. I wasn't, well, um. In the sense of what she was like, what if I Venmo you for the damage? what like $50 yeah that was laughable I mean yeah it's gonna cost Barney way more than $50 Barney's rich though so like he doesn't need her to pay for it that's also probably some context that you're missing and I know that that's like not the point it's like the principle yeah but like $50 is laughable to him but yeah he's like how about you tell me your twisted tale of daddy daughter like Barney really wanted the incest story I know and he didn't get it he didn't get it so why is he letting her off the hook? It makes no sense. Because they bond over their daddy issues. Which I also have no connection to. 
it's been so long that I quite frankly don't remember the details of this either. We do learn that Barney is now the father of a daughter and that is what has inspired him to change, which... Do we know who the mother is? No. <laughs> he ended the Can't show... Can't wait for that spinoff. <laughs> well, the show ended with him and Robin together. They're not still together. Wait, is Robin... Col- Kobe. Who we also saw in the show saw. already. Yes. So I would imagine she's not the mother. But I don't know. I just, as a concept, this idea of like, I was a shitty man, but now I have a daughter, so I'm going to be better to women is just like not it. I don't know. I could have done without this cameo, I think, overall. Yeah, like... Even ignoring the fact that this cameo means nothing to me, I felt like the cameo in the context of the story added nothing. And it just took away screen time from what I thought was or could have been even more fun, which was this like lost and found contest. I thought we were going to get more of a full-blown competition. I thought we were going to get some Jimmy Jab games up in here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. They really set the bar high for that subplot and then just... I know. It just petered out. But before we move on to that, we do have some additions to the club. Um, the Woody Penis Club. We, I mean, I think we can debate this because I don't think there are actually as many as maybe you think there are. Okay. Well. So who's your first? Who's your first nominee? When she, when Sophie was little, she pictured her dad as Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle. Brian Cranston. Okay. Yeah, that definitely. <laughs> that definitely meets the criteria. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. <laughs> Uh, for Barney, it was Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Okay, yeah, hit Bark, Bob Barker as well. <laughs> I did the honestly, honestly, Barney's best line of the episode was when he said <laughs> that he imagined that like he and Bob Barker would go spay and neuter pets together. Like that was better than the life alert joke. Although there, I feel like they're in the that, same. That thing. was better. That was like. I imagined that we'd go spay and neuter pets together and learn about diabetes. That would have like made it <laughs> even better. But yeah, you're right. That is also, yeah, Bob Barker, welcome to the club. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. Yeah, those were the additions from from this. Oh, what? That was it? Line. I thought you had <laughs> I thought you had a long list. You're like, oh, many additions. <laughs> Here are all two. Those are two heavy hitters, Brian Cranston and Bob Barker. Yeah, but it's like a very specific Brian Cranston. It's only like Malcolm in the Middle era Brian Cranston, not Breaking Bad Brian Cranston. Yeah, Sophie couldn't see her dad making meth. I thought you were going to start listing like, I know there's like a, a Cheryl Crow reference in here and I don't even know if oh, Jane's well, Addiction well, is like a real band. I'm not there in my notes yet. I thought we were just taking a time out to just knock out the <laughs> the club all at once. Well, I was just at the point in my notes at the end of the Sophie and Barney situation. Ultimately, Barney lets her off the hook. And like you said, I I like cameo, but when it feels like so forced mm-hmm. just for the sake of a cameo, I don't know. I just think that I don't know what the answer is besides like no cameos, but... I mean, I don't think it's no cameos. I don't think it's no cameos. That's not what I mean. I just, um, I just feel like in this specific instance, they sacrificed like time for more interesting plot lines for the sake of a cameo, and they couldn't just make it like a quick cameo because it was Neil Patrick Harris. They had to be like, oh well, NPH is here. He needs at least like eight minutes of screen time. And it was such. It was like they were forcing this connection between Sophie. And Barney, that's now meant to inspire presumably what's going to be like the arc of the back half of season two. Like what would have been more interesting to me is more time with Sophie's mom. Like imagine if Sophie's mom didn't remember this guy and it was just like, I don't know who this guy is. (laughs) Maybe he is your father. (laughs) Like they could have held this suspense for way longer than they did. Yeah, she was just like, no. And it's like for what? For like Jesse and Sophie to end up together by the end of this season? Like, why are we trying to hit this benchmark that is not real? Yeah, I agree. So Sophie and Robert end up breaking up. This is just too weird now. We can't come back from it because he's not her father, but he did hook up with her mother, as we have already mentioned. Mom, 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 
mom, mom, mom, mom, mom, mom. I thought you were going to play the why no father one. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I can play that one too. That um, one feels applicable as well. Why no father? <laughs> John Corbett, not Sophie's father. And you know what Sophie said to that? It's like two different voices between the, just those first two riffs. <laughs> yeah, and like the voice changes multiple times. Never get over it. No. But let's transition into the story that you seem most excited about in this episode. The Lost and Found Box. Yeah, I, I guess I just thought that there was going to be more of a competition element to this Lost and Found contest. And I thought that perhaps the uh, prize at the end of the day would be a little bit juicier than a song that we don't even know the lyrics to that just ends up getting put back in the box. Like, is this really worth it? Come on now. But I mean, that's definitely going to come back into play. I mean, yeah, the, they it's definitely set up to come back into play. But is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? I mean, Jesse wrote the song Mega Amazing Lady, so anything is possible. Yeah, and was that a good song, would we say? <laughs> it was a great song. Have, have we heard Jesse write any songs? Is Jesse good at writing songs? Do we know anything about Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> we know that his last name is Walker. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I wanted a little bit more. Well, did you know that the last time it was Lost and Found Day, Ellen got a Sheryl Crow cassette? I did. Sheryl Crow. I, I don't think this meets the criteria. Okay, what is this criteria to you? Well, I think the criteria, first of all, has to be, like, shocking. You know, like, I feel like we have to hear it and be like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe that this person was name dropped. Like, I feel, I feel like it can't just be the name drop, right? It has to be also <laughs> something that... Also is like, huh. And this was just like, Ellen was like, you know what? I got a Sheryl Crow album. If she had then gone on to say something weird about like, you know, the first cut is the deepest or something, then we're talking. But I feel like just what? saying, you know, this is, I, I got a Sheryl Crow cassette is whatever. But she didn't just get a Cheryl Crow cassette. She also got Fun Dip and a Muzzle, and her and Rachel had a night with those three things. So... (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that that is shocking. But I think it's not shocking because of Cheryl Crow. It's shocking because... Cheryl Crow plus a Muzzle leading to... I don't know. If she had specifically said, I got a Cheryl Crow (laughs) LP of the first cut is the deepest, we got... (laughs) We like went down to that. <laughs> That's shocking. I feel like it's implied. But what, you know what? If it's like, okay, we were listening to Cheryl Crow. It was some soak up the sun. We were in it. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, I'll defer to you. This is your club after all. It's not my club. It's Woody Harrelson's <laughs> penis club. <laughs> don't, don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say no. And I would also say no to, there was a David Arquette reference in the last episode, but I think that it came generally within the context of what they were talking about because they were talking about uh, like the Scream movies. So granted, when I think about like the general like target audience for this show, I don't know how many of them know either David, or, uh, David Arquette or Cheryl Crow. I guess I'm thinking the target audience for this show is younger than us. Maybe it's not. It's definitely not. I don't know. David Arquette, though, I don't know. Like, what else is he in besides the Scream movies? Like, if you're not a fan of the Scream movies, what would you know David Arquette from? You wouldn't. Don't Google it because, you know, that defeats the whole purpose. If you don't know him, then that's that, that just illustrates my point. No, I was Googling the embarrassing question of any relation to Patricia and... And yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and, and yes. And yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, please don't. Let's move on. Okay. Yes. The point is, you don't know this man. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really in the zeitgeist currently. Correct. It's not 1991. No. So on Lost and Found Box Day, they bring in the Lost and Found Box and they all get to randomly pick something out of this box. And if somebody wants an item that, has already been retrieved, 
then they can challenge them for mm-hmm. that item. Jesse goes first, and the order is determined by one of those, like, I don't know what the official name for that is, like a bingo thing. Yeah, I think they called it uh, an order hopper. An order hopper, sure. So Jesse goes first, and he pulls a watch, an engraved watch, to my beloved grandson. Not anymore. Suck it, grandson. Did you say beloved or beloved? I said beloved. No, you definitely said beloved. I said beloved. You did not say <laughs> I I heard beloved. Is that what you legitimately say? You say beloved? No. Why are you backtracking now? You, you, you so you say you you would okay. So Anyways, B E L O V E D, and you say beloved. Yes. <laughs> why are you thinking about it so much? Um, I don't know. But why is it not beloved? I think it can be either. <laughs> no, there's one correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> and Val picks. Suck it, grandson. <laughs> Suck it, grandson was the takeaway from this moment. Yeah. Val goes next and she selects a book about haircuts. And it's very much one of those like big, flo- oh, like a floppy textbook situation. That was Jesse's. Um, he needed it because he's poor and he wants to learn how to cut his own hair. He wants the book back. He still needs it. I would argue this is a flaw in the general game. Like, if that is Jesse's book, he should be able to get it back. He like, be able to how does it, like if something of yours ends up in the Lost and Found? Isn't the purpose of it? I mean, the purpose of the Lost and Found, I guess, in general, is debatable. But like in theory. The purpose is that if you are the person who lost it, now it can be found. But I think all bets are off on Lost and Found Box Day. Like you have ne- at that but what point. what if it is Lost and Found Box? It's arbitrary. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm who just said, arguing within the logic of and the how show. Do you, and how does Jesse know that like it is? it even is Lost and Found Day? It seems like just a random day. And Charlie just decided this. Sid yeah. isn't even there. Sid's like, Sid, shouldn't Sid, as the owner of the bar, be the arbitrator of Lost and Found Day? Nope, Sid's on a plane. <laughs> Val says no. He, she is refusing to give Jesse this book back because he's being weird about it. So she wants to kind of suss out why. So Jesse challenges her for the book. The, ch- the challenge is assembling outfits only from the Lost and Found bin, and whoever has the best outfit will win the challenge. Like you said, they could have done so much more with this. Mm-hmm. Jesse comes out in a leather trench coat, receiving a score of eight. I don't understand why they b- make everybody in the bar participate and like watch the this sort of fashion show if only like Ellen and Charlie are judging it. That's a good point. Like, why are you holding your patrons hostage and not even letting them participate with an audience vote? No idea. And then Val comes out. She is wearing a janitor jacket, but then has a- It's a, it's, what? Oh yeah, you're, no, you're right. Which, how did that even end up in the Lost and Found? <laughs> like who just like <laughs> randomly loses a one, a, a one piece, you Like know? a jumpsuit. Yeah. And she has a quick change where underneath she is wearing a shiny- sparkly mini dress that just seems to fit her perfectly how was that even in the lost and found bin because a creep made it for her that's how wow but this look is transcendent 10 out of 10 val wins the challenge she gets to keep the book and oh no a paper just floats out of the book and onto the floor this paper represents the reason why jesse wanted to keep this book so much because in a book about haircuts is where he keeps the love songs that he writes. I'm shocked, honestly, that he would even remember that he kept that in there. I agree. Especially because it's like something he wrote on the back of a receipt. Yes. It's a love song for Sophie that he wrote last week on the back of a Gap Kids receipt. So this is a big moment in the sense where Ellen has known that Jesse still has feelings for Sophie, but now Val knows. Jesse just wants to move on, um, forget this ever happened, just like Sid did when he found a poem that Jesse wrote about Hillary Clinton. This does belong in the Woody <laughs> Penis Club. La, 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 la. Nope, I pressed the wrong one. <laughs> it tastes like liquid. Where's the freaking button? Did you? Oh, I changed the. Sorry, I changed the the pads. 
Sorry, here we go. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. And I would say that Val is definitely not going to let this go. No, I don't understand why she put it back in the box. Yeah, she should have brought it straight to Sophie. Like if the point is like, oh, maybe Sophie will find it. Maybe she doesn't. What's the point of this? It's just keeping the the song in the in the ether. It's not disposing it. Val knows where it is. She can always go back to it in a time of need. Says who? Lost and found day can happen at any moment. <laughs> Someone else can find it. Even if she's not present, there can still be a lost and found day, clearly. That's true. I also want to mention before we move on that Swish is not like in this episode directly, but we do keep cutting to him working out the details of his engagement. He's a driven young man. To Valentina. Michael Simeo, still still there, still engaged to Valentina. And I think that brings us to Sid. Mm-hmm. Sid, 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 Sid. I am worried about where this Sid storyline is going. Uh, Yeah, he seems to be over the long distance. And honestly, like, took long enough. Like, we predicted this. I think we were shocked when he got married. Yes. Like, when that actually happened. But I don't think that the fact that it's not working out is entirely a surprise. Yes. So I think we can get through this storyline fairly quickly. It's pretty straightforward. Sid is on a plane on his way to see Hannah. And he is sitting in the same row as none other than rapper extraordinaire, little toasty, and a random woman. And for whatever reason, he offers to switch seats with little toasty. Well, he's trying to save this woman. Well, yeah, but like, why? Because little toasty wants to use her as a pillow. And Sid's just a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have swapped seats. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Well, he had a window seat. You don't give up a window seat. Sus. It's sus behavior. I think you're reading into it too much. He's just trying to be a nice guy. Just trying to be a nice guy. Okay. Um. So he switches seats and starts talking to the woman in the aisle seat. We learn that her name is Taylor at the end of the episode. So I will call her Taylor. But in my notes, I just have her as Madison because she played Madison on This Is Us. And that is where I recognized her from. She's on her way to see her boyfriend and Sid and Taylor connect over the hardships and struggles of being in a long distance relationship. That's basically it, right? Like every time we cut back to them, they're commiserating about something else to do with their long distance it's hard to feel close to their partners well they also have some things in common they both they both bring inflatable neck pillows they have inflatable neck pillows which i don't think i've ever seen before um we learned little toasty loves puss in boots the last wish which was a great movie great movie great taste um shocked that they promoted shocked that a hulu show produced by paramount was there plugging a universal movie yeah <laughs> But you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, I guess eventually Sid just arrives in LA and eats Thai food with Hannah. But we also see at the end of the episode that Taylor follows Sid on Instagram. So they swapped handles. And I worry that we're being set up for some sort of like emotional cheating storyline from Sid. I mean... I don't want Sid to have flaws. Of the emotional cheater variety. But what if Sid's not happy? Well, then address that with Hannah. But sometimes when Sid tries to call Hannah, she says that she's too busy and hangs up on him. That's true. (laughs) I felt the the ick at the end of that episode, after that moment. Mm. And I think, is that it? Am I forgetting anything? Did we miss any Um, key information? We are about to take quite a hiatus, so... Don't want to leave anything out. Uh, Well, you forgot that uh, after they break up, Robert tells Sophie to say hi to her mom for him. I hated that. (laughs) But you're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's really anything else that we that we missed. Well, then I think we can probably call it here. So we have we're more than halfway through season two. You You didn't do MVPs again. Okay, well, let's name some MVPs and then close it out. So, Sam, who is your MVP for episode 11 of season two? You know what? I am going to go with 
Sophie. What? What do you mean, what? She finally got this creep out of her life. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? That is a good move in my book. (laughs) And you know what? She she somehow finagled her way into rear-ending a guy and not paying a single penny. (laughs) Now... You know, the flip side of this is she hit him in a rental car. So what's that going to mean for her own, like, you know, her rental car? But it is what it is, I guess. You always take the insurance on a rental car. She's fine. What are you talking about? You never, we never take the insurance on a rental car. Because we have our own car insurance, but she obviously doesn't have a car. Yeah. And you think that she would take the insurance on the rental car? I'm not convinced that she would take the insurance on the rental car. Fair or enough, that she would even enough. have a credit card that would cover it for her. Okay. Okay. I was going to give it to Sophie too. Wow. We're in such agreement in this episode. Wow. We've been talking for a while. These double episodes have really taken a lot out of us. But we made it. We made it through two more episodes. We are more than halfway through season two of How I Met Your Father. So we will see you the week of May 23rd where we will start to cover the back half of season two. Nine episodes to go. In the meantime, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter, on Instagram at Outfit Repeaters Podcast. Send us any thoughts, feelings, vibes at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Yes, you can find uh, any of our other episodes that we've recorded either at our website, www paginatedmedia.com or on any platform or podcasts are available you can also find the one season of older and wiser there too. happy hiatus <laughs> just play us out i'm not dignifying that with a response <laughs> okay